From Tally to Cali, it's time to wake up. Warchant.com is your ultimate seminal sports source. And this is Wake Up Warchant, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. One more corner pocket. Now here's Warchant.com's ass on Hunch of Andy and Corey Clark. Wake up! What is up? It is Wake Up Board Champ presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, Tallahassee, Florida. Coming up on today's show, sprinting, sprinting through the Renegade Express. Come along with us. Wake Up Board Champ presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, Tallahassee, Florida, cptallybar.com. That is the website. Go play some bingo on Thursday night over at the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Have some fantastic food, anything on the menu, and some good ice-cold adult beverages. All at the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Also, Friday be sure to check out Corey Clark and Jeff Cameron doing the live happy hour at the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. They'll be hanging out for an hour, 5.30, 6.30, as well as afterwards. So come by, say hi, watch the show. It'll be awesome. Then Saturday, come check out the pregame show atop the Hotel Indigo. Starts at 10 a.m., one hour, and then get yourself to Doe Campbell Stadium, root on the Knowles as they take on Georgia Tech. Thumbs up. Thank you. Like it. Rate it. Review it. Corey, hello. How are you? I'm good, buddy. Uh, an uh, interesting aspect of the tri- the uh, the happy hour on Friday is that my lifetime best friend will be there with me. Uh, his name is Shane. Shane. We've known each other since right. we were uh, in the same nursery as six six weeks old, okay. um, and we've been best friends ever since. So you'll get to see uh, you know a guy that's been with me for a long, long time. You can ask him any question you want. He's a shy guy, but still he'll talk to you. He's a nice guy. So go up and uh, talk to him when uh, when we're done with the show. Awesome, man. I'm looking forward to that. You know, you can always tell somebody uh, who they really are, judging by their friends. But your friends with Irish Elfels, so I already know just how right. lousy of a human being you right. are. Uh, <laughs> let's get to it then. I'm kidding. I love I just love, I love Ira. I can't say enough about Ira. I want to do an entire show that's just about how awesome Ira is. Uh, but let's get kind of on with the show. Real quick, though, we did talk to Chris Winkie on Wednesday afternoon. There's a story up about it on Warchant.com. Good question. Really good answer from him just about uh, his journey to Florida State, I thought, and him being kind of told by one of the coaches, maybe don't come here, which sounds so crazy in hindsight. Uh, check out the story, but how cool is it to catch up with Chris, do you think, there, Corey? Yeah, man, that, that was neat. Uh, he he was exactly the kind of person you'd think he'd be because uh, he was kind of a – I mean, he was old when he was a quarterback at Florida State, but he was he he handled himself like a pro when he was, you know, the college quarterback, and he, he talks just now like he did when he was 26 years old. Um so that's not surprising, but yeah, he, you know, he, he had some, uh, I asked him more about some people were asking him well about the quarterback situation at Georgia tech. Um, but I was asking him more about, you know, his time at Florida state, how he got to Florida state after he got done with baseball. And then also, I always remembered that game, his last game at Doak, which was that Florida game where he had the flu. So he, I asked him about that too. So yeah, good, good anecdotes for old, old wink dog. Oh, I missed out on that. I got in the, the zoom a little bit late. My computer's acting up, so I don't have the cool anecdote about oh, the Florida geez. game. Well, that's too bad. Read the story though. Warchant.com. Yep. It's only yep. 10 bucks for an entire year. Again, I got eggs for eight bucks. You can have an entire year mm. of Warchant for 10 American dollars. Practice Wednesday, pretty decent. I thought, thought the defense held strong first half of the, of the practice, second half. Offense kind of turned it on. Catches being made everywhere. Johnny, Deuce, uh, AJ throwing the ball to Deuce. Uh, it was pretty good. Uh, period three, though, focus on that always. That's the closest you'll get to a game situation in practice. Uh, not a lot going there. Defense was really strong. They were communicating quite well. They knew where everything was going, and they were on top of it. So that was good to see. Uh, Jordan had a real nice scramble, and then a completion to Kentron, who was sliding across the formation. Nice catch and throw. 
setting up a 51-yard field goal for your boy Ryan Fitzgerald, who hits the crossbar doink, and then it goes over the crossbar, and the field mm. goal is good. But, go. but Mike Norvell froze him because we're doing game-like situations, so he froze him before the kick went off, a la Notre Dame 2021. Sure. Uh, and then he had to do a kick again, and it was short and to the left. So Okay, well. What are you going to do? Can't have it all. Renegade Express, let's get to it. We'll go to our guy, Knox Knoll, Aslan, Josh from Knoxville. Phil, you're the only person on the beat that has the sack to ask Coach Norvell the tough questions. I challenge you, ask him why they don't use Johnny Moore on jump balls. Uh, he wants to run like a baseline alley-oop, kind of do a, 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 a square in back of the end zone, throw it just a few inches below the crossbar, let him go up and get it. Why don't we do that? Should we be doing it more? Like the uh, Kelvin Benjamin play, kind of. Kind of, sort of. Yeah. I mean, yeah, man, you could argue that they should be doing anything more than what they've been doing. So, yeah, I, it's a six-seven kid that can't be covered. And I was just, I was personally really disappointed with those throws to him and the Clemson game. The, the, just the, the well, design. It was not of the imaginative, play. or you just didn't like the way it was executed. No, man, there's no reason to make it that hard. There's no reason to have your quarterback. You're at the two-yard line. You have a six-seven receiver. Why are you throwing it 40 yards in the air to the the opposite corner end zone? Yeah. Why? Like, throw, get him on the other hash, throw it 12 yards in the air, just throw it, He's a, it's a 12-yard throw, lob it up, he's going to catch it. You have to be too precise when you're throwing it 40 yards. At least, Jordan, the, the, the throws weren't good either. I just, but there's a lot more room for error when you're, throw, when you're covering a greater distance in a throw like that. You don't have to be precise when you're throwing to Johnny Wilson. Just get him to post up three yards in the end zone and lob it to him. I'm with you. If if they struggle again, Aslan won't be asking that question. I'm going to be asking that question because I'm. If they try that same thing they did against Clemson, because I again I go back to the touchdown he had against Wake Forest. They just do that every time. You he got he got post position on the corner. You lobbed it up to him. He caught it and came down for a touchdown. Just do that every time. It's not hard. It's not rocket science. Just do it. And the throw to Kelvin Benjamin for the game-winning touchdown in the national championship game. How, how far was that in the air? Seven yards? If that, yeah. From where Winston yeah. threw it to where he caught it, seven to ten yards? That's all you got to do. Just lob it up to the kid. He's going to go make a play. Uh, he posted that at 1.38 in the morning and then came back 45 minutes later at 2.19 or so in the morning and asked another question. We'll package that one oh, um, all right. with another one of our guys here. So basically just ask, uh, you guys are at practice. Can you honestly tell me that Greedy Vance is better than Travis J or Demory Tate? We'll keep it with the secondary. Our guy, random underscore John, uh, our cornerbacks, what is going on there? Uh, they're letting us down. Let's be frank and honest. I ask you, what gives? What's the team's plan if they actually have one to address the secondary struggles? So I've been there. Greedy Vance, I don't know if he if he is better than Travis Jay or DeMorite, but he's given the opportunities to perform against better talent in practice. Uh, those guys just are not in the plans, man. Those guys wear black jerseys. Those guys run scout team. Greedy Vance is yep. in Greedy Vance isn't like an abject horror show when he's out there on the field. I mean, he actually had a pretty good start to practice on Wednesday, but again, that's just that's just practice. I think the plan is I, I think we're going to see a little bit more jarring, and I know that might make some of you cringe, but that might be 
the salve or what they're trying to get done while Duke Cooper tries to figure it out. Because I think they feel good, obviously, about Renardo Green, Corey. Mm-hmm. I think we might see more jarring opposite side of him. That could be, quote-unquote, the fix. Well, and Azaria, too. I think Azaria will get more reps um, in this game. You know, he, he's starting to come on, and I think in this game he'll get uh, maybe the most reps he's gotten the whole season, or at least close to it. Um, yeah, I think that's... And look, man, I, I don't know what to tell you about Travis J and Demory Tate, but they've been here, what, three and four years now? Yeah. They can't sniff the field. So, yes, you can honestly say they're not as good as the guys, the other guys. Why would they not play the best players? Why would they not do that? They're not good enough right now. Our guy Josh in Knoxville says, keep doing what you guys do. This content helps me block out all the annoying Tennessee fans. Random underscore John says, drink to Luna, have a beer at Corner Pocket. Zaxby's always hits a spot and subscribe to War Chant for 10 bucks. I'm telling you, the War Chant Rider Sultry calendar is coming if enough of you subscribe. Ooh, there you go. Nice. I'll be four of the months. Not a question, it's a statement from our guy Eric. Uh, used to be from Cincinnati, now in Tallahassee. Noel 43, Eric Angel. Wake up, guys. Knowles are going to be up 31 to 0, final score 44 to 10 over Georgia Tech. Then mm. on to Miami, let the hate week begin. Five games left. I see us playing them well, winning all of them. If not four and one, we need to be more aggressive on both sides of the ball. Hit the thumbs up. Go to the YouTube page. Subscribe to War Chant. And on three for only 10 bucks, drink your delicious Deluna coffee. Go Knowles. See you guys for the happy hour Friday. And at Indigo Saturday, Eric from Tallahassee. Can't disagree with any of that, can we? No, no, cannot. Spartan Knoll 71, aloha, guys. How's it? It's Ralph, everybody. He's in Hawaii. Just want to say that if FSU does accept an invitation to the Holiday Bowl, I will fly over. So let's make sure there's a meet and greet for War Chant and nail Mm. details down. It would be my first ever FSU bowl game. I am all in. We can only hope. We can only hope, Ralph. San Diego would be awesome. Would be awesome. Things don't work out like that for this program these days. Never do. They don't. We'll see in Shreveport, everybody. Right. Uh, Thinking back to glory years, gentlemen, I remember a lot of our guys would get valuable playing time because the games were so well decided and in hand. Question this week, how far away are we from those days returning to our program? Is it really a matter of this team just putting it together for all four quarters, or are we still missing some key elements that are preventing us from turning that corner? Well, if that's the gauge, I don't think that's ever happening again. I, you look around college football, man. Other than Georgia last year, um, Alabama occasionally. Like, look at the best teams in the country this year. They're in four-quarter games almost every week. Um, you can't just get up 35 to nothing and start playing the, the young guys. That doesn't happen anymore. Um, but as far as being close to, like, top 10-ish, top 12-ish in the country, a playoff contender – I don't know. I don't. I don't think you're that. I mean, it all. It all has to hit right. But get a good quarterback. Keep developing that offensive line. Get some difference makers in the portal. It's not that. It's not that hard to see a scenario where this Florida State team becomes a playoff contender in two years, if they keep. You know, they're not. You know, they're not that far right now from being five and two or six and one. And five and two right now are six and one if they had beaten Wake or Clemson. Ooh, top fifteen. Yeah, but that's where you got to be in the coming years to get in the playoff. You don't have to win the ACC to get in the playoff. You got to be one of the top two or three teams. That's how it's going to be. Probably top two. Um, but that's how it's going to be. So, and they're getting rid of divisions. Um, so, yeah, man, I, I think that uh, I think that Florida State is not that far away if they keep going in the right direction. And this guy can start bringing in a little bit higher caliber of high school recruit, which should happen if they when they start winning more games. Um, then, yeah, I don't think it's it's out of line to think they're a playoff contender in a couple years. 
Our guy Derek, XDQ004, wake up. Home stretch is here. Hoping we get to see some glimpses of the future. I want to see Julian Armella, Azaria Thomas, and Sam McCall get some more run and learn on the job. At this point, we need to mix them in with the starters. Remember what happened when we started Duke and Knowles last year? Just my opinion. Yeah. Question, what personnel changes or change would you like to see made in the last five games? Support the sponsors, Rising Spear and Go Knowles. Yeah. Travis J, start him for a whole game. Sure. So sure. he can end this once and for all. Or Either he'll, just, he'll be a gamer um, or he'll, um, you know, show people maybe what, you know, weren't behind the four stars. I don't know, man. I, I like, you know, I like what they got on the offensive line. I, I understand wanting to see more from Julian Armella because you're not probably having uh, turn time back. That, that wouldn't be a bad thing. Um, I think that's the answer, right? Get Armella some real reps. Yeah. Um, when the game is because I, I don't think he is appreciably worse than Turnitin right now at this stage of his development. He's not as he's not as big. He's not as strong, but that doesn't mean he's not capable. And I would like to get him a little bit of experience because you can still save the red shirt now. Um, you are you have a chance to anyway, if you play him, uh, you know, in two of these next two or three of these next games. I would like to see that. I would like to see him work with the first team and see what that looks like. Yeah. And then, you know, looking at things defensively, I'd you know, I, I like what they've got going on uh, personnel-wise. There's nothing I really see where I'm like, why is this guy not getting on the field more? It's, I'm not seeing a lot of that. These guys, uh, their evaluations of what's going on in practice and how they deploy them on Saturdays is, is kind of pretty much in line with what we're seeing. I know maybe Azari Thomas is a guy a lot of people want to see, but, um, I mean, he hasn't graded all that awesome, but I get it. He's got such physical skills and ability that go ahead and let him kind of work through some of this stuff early on. Um, well, not really early on. We're in the halfway point or the you know, midway point of the season here, but maybe there'd be more opportunities to get him in, in less leverage situations where he won't nearly have as much pressure on him and he can kind of get comfortable. I understand that, but uh, I think they just feel right now maybe jarring just a little bit further along, maybe in understanding what's going on uh, as opposed to physical ability. But Also, I need Kevin Knowles to play better, and if yeah. he doesn't, I want to I find another nickelback. Okay, that's fine. Maybe that's greedy Vance. I don't know. Uh, but they need to they need to figure that out because he has not played well really at all, and uh, he needs to get right. And if he can't get right, give somebody else a chance. What about Shaheem over Akeem Dent? Yeah, is that reckless. I, yeah, no, no. I I I think that I love the way Shaheem plays. Man, he's got to make some mistakes. He made a really bad one in the NC State game that gave them a a first down they didn't earn. Um, he just took a horrible angle and gave it to him. But I like his aggression. I like the fact that he seems to make plays and be around the ball. Um, so, yeah, I, I would see if Akeem continues to struggle, and I do think he struggled, um, I would like to see 38 get more and more reps to be back there with Jamie. Just because Jamie might be gone after this year, and you you need to depend on somebody at that safety position. It'd be good to have Shaheem with a lot of reps going into 2023. Or who knows? Maybe second half is when Akeem will turn it on like he did last year. Yeah, Let's hope. True. Let us hope, man. Old dad's a Noel. Wake up, guys. Who would you like to see take the most snap Saturday? Jordan Travis, Tate Rodemaker, or A.J. Duffy? Cheers, old dad. Well, Travis, um, yeah, Travis is the answer, not Duffy. I'd like to see Rodemaker get some play, though. Like, he hasn't really gotten a – has he gotten a play since the Louisville game? I mean, I guess he played a little bit against Boston College when it it, the game was over. I will look it up. I, You know, could you go crazy – um, and score like 42 in the first half, but only on like 17 throws or something, and then Tate comes in and has, 
I don't know, 20 pass attempts in the second half, or would you just probably shut it no, down? No, I don't. Yeah, I don't think you're throwing that many times with that kind of lead. I also, would be stunned if they put up 42 and a half against this defense. Um, yeah, 12 yeah, I mean, reps against Boston College. Yeah, so um, I would like I would like Rodemaker to get some more reps. I'd like to maybe see him with the ones for one series. But again, this is assuming Florida State has a big lead, and that's a big assumption. Um, I know they're big favorites, but that doesn't mean anything. Um, so if they get a big lead, I would like to see Rodemaker get work with the ones for one series. And yeah, let him throw the ball. You you got to see what you have in him. You don't know if your quarterback's coming back next year. You've got to see if Rodemaker can take what he did for the Louisville game, what he's done in practice in the month in between, and if he has a whole uh, new brand of confidence. And I know it's not it's not the same when you're up by 25, 28 points against Georgia Tech at home, but still, I'd like to see if he can carry that over or if that was like a one-blip anomaly, how he played against Louisville. I don't think he was. I think he, I think he got a lot of confidence from that. I'd like to see uh, that in practice, though. Like practice and as in a game, I worded that terribly. Sorry, everyone. Coaching discussions. We're going to package these next two together here. We'll start with Island Chief. I guess this is in regards to how I th- phrase the thread about is there a difference between how how thin of a line is it between three and two and two and three and how you'll feel about the team. But I, I think either way, people will be upset. So it should have been like between four and one and three and two. Uh, so I misphrase that. I apologize. But Island Chief says, wake up, Aslan, going where few men dare. Thoughts of two and three. I think that result would be crippling. No uh, no proof of concept to sell. uh, But what is certainly within the realm of of the possible, if we go two and three, anybody sparking up a fatty in the locker room as opposed to keg stands, if two and three or smoking that rope in the locker room happens here, would Norvell be gone? I don't think so. Uh, Wouldn't feel good about it. But then let's also combine this with uh, Jayco, Noel Truitt, he took a couple of weeks off to soak in the three-game losing streak. I'm back. I am positive. Who has a shorter leash right now in the coaching staff? Fuller, a position coach, or ellipses? So let's let's explore that space, I guess. Two and three would be a dagger. Not dagger, because yeah. then that's that's like you're getting fired, but two and three, I just that's a, a I don't know where your positive energy comes from. Maybe it's you beat Florida. Uh I don't they're two and three. But then that means if they if they go two and three yeah. and beat Florida, that means they're one and six, one and six in the last seven games going into the Florida game. Well, and that's it means a, that you lost gross. to Louisiana, yes, or, correct. You know Georgia Tech, so or Miami, or yeah, that too, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, even three and two. I think later on the thread, Mark from Naples says even three and two wouldn't make him feel good uh, because no. that means you're probably losing to one of Miami or Florida, probably. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I don't know what it would mean for the. Again, we'd have to process the loss of Miami, how it looks if they did lose to Florida. Man, if, if they go 3-2 and two and they the two losses are Miami and Florida, that's that's not good at all against first-year coaches that are not really doing all that great right now. But again, I'd, yes. I'd be very surprised. I don't, I don't want to enter that realm quite yet. I'd, I'd be surprised. I would be – I would be. I don't want to say shocked. I'm going to say shocked. I just said it. I'd be shocked if they lose to both Miami and Florida. I'd be shocked. Yes. All right. I agree. Okay, good. Same with my um, chest. Yeah, but yeah, I think two and three is it's not the final nail in the coffin, but it's the, there's nails being put in that coffin. I don't know how you how do you sell your vision and your program after going four and zero and then finishing uh, two and six uh, against the uh, not you know this last half of the schedule isn't hard. So everything you preach about response, about only caring about yourselves and getting better and one percent better and all that, it would all be just met with rolled eyes. 
by a fan base that's tired of losing. It's, I was thinking about this today. I was like, it's not that hard to win football games in college football. It's hard to win 10 games. It's not that hard to win seven or eight. It's just not. Look around the country, man. How many teams were bowl eligible last year? 60? Half the country? It's not, you're not asking a lot for a program at Florida State when you're in year three or year two and a half and to get to, to get, and you have the portal ability that you have to get to eight wins. This is not a gauntlet over the five last five games of the season. Yeah, they have kids on scholarship too. Well, yours should be better, and they should be better coached. And you're talking about with Florida and Miami, you are talking about two programs that are in their first year and that are a mess right now. Those, those, coaches, are, those coaches are in their first year at those programs. If they beat you, especially Florida coming to Miami, well, no, I'd say Miami would, or sorry, coming to Doak, that would be an awful look. But so would going down and losing to a place where Middle Tennessee and Duke won. So none of this would be good, man. It would all be, it would all have all of us reflecting on, okay, is this the right guy for the job? And I think the vast majority of us, if this team finishes two and three, maybe even three and two, but definitely two and three would be like, no, he's not. Because it is not that hard to win football games. It's just not. Let's quit acting like he's solving some nuclear, and this is partly, partly on me because of where he took over from, and I do have the perspective of where he took over. It was an awful program, uh, awful in every sense of the word, attitude, talent. It was just any way a program could be awful, this was it, buy-in, but he's got it back now where it's respectable. Okay, well, now go win games, man, because it's not, I look around the country and I see teams with less talent um, or equal talent winning eight, nine games. I don't need you to limp to a six and six finish. That is not how you sell this program. That's not how you sell the fan base that you're making um, that you're making progress. It's just going to be another blah season. But you know what, Aslan? I don't think that's happening. Yeah, no, I don't think. So. I don't think. I literally don't. I would be number one. I would be very angry if it happened um, to the point of like I'm not saying I would text Dion, but I would at least <laughs> slide up in the DMs and see what's up. I saw the 60 Minutes interview. He's he's thinking about going to, to a Power Five. But yeah, I mean, I think all that's on the table. If you go six and six, I think you're proving to your fan base, well, this ain't it. I'm not it. So don't do it. To the second part of the question from our guy, Jayco Truitt. Um, how much of, if, let's say the defense maybe just plays the way they've played this whole season, which I don't think has been bad, that could maybe be one of those last kind of bullets in your holster if you're Mike Norvell. Like, can yeah. you can you be six and six? Let's say seven and five. Let's say they do go three and two. Let's okay. say they you know they they lose to Syracuse and they lose to Miami. Can you go to Mike to to Michael Alford and be like, hey man, I do need a better defensive coordinator. Let's let's invest in that that'll be enough to get this thing back and, and to rebuild the belief, or do you think that would not be enough? I, I, I don't know, short of rope or whatever. We're at, I know the, the fans are obviously kind of over the, the defense right now, um, but like, is that a legitimate fix that you can be like, all right, that's fair, let's, let's see how this goes, or is that kind of, man, we're, we're just moving chairs around the deck right now, the Titanic? No, I, I don't think it would be that, I, I, because I do think, you know, what Norvell has to do is, he's the CEO of this program uh, and the play caller, but he's a CEO and it's all, it all comes back to him. And he has to ask himself every off season, every November, is this the best Florida state can do? Is that guy the best coach at that position that Florida state can get right now? Is he the best coach and go down the line? 
Is this the best quarterback we can get? Is this the best running back? All that stuff has to be asked every November. Um, and so if he takes a step back after 12 games, um, we have no idea how these the next five games are going to play out. The defense might play really well. They might start forcing turnovers. They might play you know, a more attacking, aggressive style. I, I don't know. Um, but he, if it, if that work, if that happens and they finish eight and four, nine and three, well, no, there probably won't be any changes. If they finish seven and five and they get lit up by a couple of these teams that aren't really good. Um, yeah, you definitely are within your rights to say, man, we got to number one, Alfred is within his rights to say, man, you might think about making a change here. Uh, but also Norvell is certainly, you know, he, his job is on the line. The prob the question, the problem would be, could he get a DC that would leave a good gig or as an up and coming coach to come to come to him when there's no when he's on the proverbial hot seat? Yeah. Which yeah, he would be at six and six absolutely. or seven and five. Yeah. So that's the that's the that's the rub there. But if you know that and I'm not talking about Adam Full, I'm not talking about anybody in particular. If you know somebody at co on your coaching staff isn't doing a good job on the field, recruiting, whatever it is, if he's not up to snuff. There's no reason to keep them. Pull the Band-Aid and get a, better get a better person in there. So I think all that's on the table. Um, well, even if they go eight and four, I think that's on the table. But it's, I, it, maybe it would be even easier to make a change if you go eight. It actually, it would be. If you go eight and four, nine and three, and want to make a change, well, now you look like you're a program on the um, upswing, and you'll have, more, uh, you'll have better candidates. But yeah, man, I, it's, it's all there. It's all, it's all well within Mike Norvell's purview to say, yeah, man, I'm not... He, this isn't cutting it. And look, I my biggest concern with Adam Fuller is uh, well, number one, I don't, I just it do, they don't seem to confuse offenses. They either have a defensive end that sacks you or they don't, um, and they don't they don't seem to play zone at all. Well, they don't confuse quarterbacks. They just don't confuse quarterbacks. Yeah. DJ looked really confused when he played that three three five, didn't he? Yeah, he didn't look confused at all. He was a walk in the park playing Florida State's defense. Um, so they're not, they're not a confusing defense and I don't know what he's, how, what he is like in recruiting circles. No. Those are my two biggest concerns with him. Obviously he knows defense and obviously this defense isn't bad. They're not terrible. They're 25th or 26th in total defense in the country. Is this the, is this the ceiling with Adam Fuller or when you get him better players, can he take it to a top 10, top five defense? That's what Norvell has to ask himself, man. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's keep it moving. Drill Sergeant Porter, wake up. Feel that if we beat Georgia Tech, the players will relax, play more loosely after stopping the losing streak, and then everybody will be ready for Miami with bowl eligibility on the line. Win that one, 
and uh, have the monkey off of our backs. A question about jerseys. I know a lot of teams do different things with their uniforms. Do you think FSU would ever go throwback uniforms for a game every so often? That would be awesome. Also, Georgia Tech hits the weights on the sidelines before their games. Do you guys want to get a few sets in beforehand? That's not a bad idea. Would you spot me? Yeah, absolutely, bro. Yeah. I haven't done like a traditional bench press since I started this body. Uh, okay, transformation. You know, transformation. Right. So, absolutely. yeah, maybe. You, well, I, I'm probably not going to. I'm going to throw up. Man, I'm just going to get like. I'm gonna do like 160 or something. Oh, and you just you just bench me in case it, it hits my neck. I also didn't know they still did that with with Jeff Collins gone. I knew they did that with Jeff Collins. I didn't know that they still did that even without him because it's it's campy and corny, and I don't know why they do it. I haven't seen. I don't know if Drill Sergeant Porter is confirming that it's still a thing or not. But yeah, that was what they used to do. I don't know if Brent Key has uh, allowed it to happen on his watch or not, but. I'd I'd love to see some old throwbacks, not even like '93 throwbacks, just like before my time, Corso, uh, oh, like with okay. the with the the outline of the state on the helmet. Like, let's yeah, go. Yeah, that's real a cool helmet. Yeah, yeah, I'd like to see something like that. But you know, Nike hasn't really shown a propensity to to reach back in the vault really at all. They're they're more forward thinking when it comes to Florida State jerseys. Like, hey, let's let's go black. Um, so I don't know. We can ask Norvell in the offseason. Well, we'll ask him during one of the many bowl preparation practices they'll have. Going to have to ask him about something. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll it's going to be 12 of them, right, or 15, whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. Teacher Noel, not a question, just a, a nice note to you, Corey. Wake up. I never have to say that to the kids in my class. I've gone mm. ahead and adopted some Clarkisms in my class. My favorite is you're allowed to. Corey mm. usually will say something like you're allowed to catch the ball. You're allowed to beat better teams. In my class, it's become, you're allowed to study. You're allowed to do well on your test. Mm. You're allowed to come here prepared. Thanks, Corey. I look forward to stealing more of your stuff in the future. Great show, guys. It's the best FSU podcast anywhere. Teacher Noel, should I tell you about a little saying I have about iron? Just throwing that out there. I, I won't do it now. I, I, I feel save like it. I, I want to save, save it for a while, but I have a really cool saying about iron and what it does when you're with other iron. Okay. All right. Uh, Gary Sensamelia, wake up, gents. We're going to package this one with another one as well. Uh, Jordan Travis related. Question, is it best for the program for Jordan to come back in 2023? Heard it mentioned on headlines briefly, but want to get your guys' take on it. Keep up the great work. And 901 also says, wake up. As far as I know, Jordan isn't going anywhere. If a starting quarterback of a top 15 team were to enter the portal, Probably some young buck under him about to take a spot, let's say. Would you pursue that person? How hard would it be to pursue them? I like Jordan and really appreciate his leadership and no-bloodedness, but if there's a better option, there's a better option. I don't think there's going to be a lot of – I mean, you're going to get a one-year rental that'll be better than a guy that's been in your system for that'll be year four for him? Um, yeah. I just don't – you know, know if like – I don't know how – you know, if TCU's quarterback comes back and then Max Duggan is, uh, Duggan's on the uh, – or Duggan, sorry, is on the outs. Uh, again, I don't even know if that's uh, an upgrade. I mean, Jordan Travis is an above-average college quarterback right now. Hard to imagine he comes back next year and is not better. I can't imagine that uh, worse. there'd be a better option. Yeah. And not saying that he's the best quarterback in the country. Clearly he's not. If Caleb Williams gets bored with the sun in Southern California – and wants to go somewhere else, sure, Florida State will take him. Um, if the kid at Tennessee, although I think he's a senior, um, yeah, there, there's options out there, sure, that are that are better quarterbacks than Jordan Travis, but why would they leave to come to Florida State? Of the available options that would be in the market, on the, in the portal, 
that Florida State would have to choose from, it's hard to envision one that would have more upside for your 2023 offense than, as Aslan said, the kid that's been here four years and has turned into a pretty darn good quarterback. Like, who else is out? Who Who's better than that? Like, again, again, the talent for talent, yeah, there are guys better than Jordan Travis, guys that you would want in this system. But if they're only in the system for seven months compared to a guy that's been in the system for 48 months, well, the guy that's been in the system for 48 months that's still pretty good He's going to be a better option, almost assuredly. So that that's where the that's where this it gets uh, it gets confusing, man. Like, what are they going to do? Um, because it would make it would make a if Jordan Travis leaves, I think you'll have a chance to get a good quarterback in the portal. I do, yeah. because Tate Rodemaker has not proven anything. No, Tate Rodemaker is not going to scare anybody off. Yeah. But there's no guarantee the guy you bring in will adjust to the system quickly. Um, will be as good an athlete. We'll have the kind of season that Jordan Travis has had. And then what? You got a quarterback problem. So that's, if you can get Jordan, in my opinion, is if you can get Jordan Travis to come back, get him to come back. There's not going to be, in my opinion, there's not going to be a better option in the portal that Florida State has a viable shot at than of a seventh-year senior, 25-year-old Jordan Travis running the show one last time. I think that's your best available option but I don't know how realistic it is because he's already said multiple times, I think, that he would he's he, he's expecting this to be his last year. Our guy Mark down in Naples, uh, favorite Chris Winkie moment, easily the 99-yard touchdown pass to Snoop against Clemson in 2000. I was there mm. my first year at FSU Law. Talk about selling a fake. Yeah. I won't feel better if we close the year 3-2 and two versus 2-3. Two and three. Both are not suitable. Miami is just not good right now. They lost to freaking Middle Tennessee State and Duke at home. Yep. Yep. Florida's yep. defense is awful, and we have them at home on a Friday night. We need to be inspired, like in 2010 when Ponder shredded them. Literally felt like it started Jimbo's program on that special run. Could likely do the same for Mike? I said that questioningly. He doesn't. He puts it with a period. Mm-hmm. I put the question mark on it. I could stomach a loss at Syracuse. They've got a good defense. They're a pretty good football team. Similar yeah. to the NC State game. Good, but not great team. It's on the road. We'll see how they look in a few weeks, though. Do you guys agree that 4-1 and one is the minimum acceptable result given that we're getting healthier and should have a nice bounce back win against Georgia Tech? Go Knowles. Appreciate the hard work, boys. Well, it's, it's how you define what that means. I don't think minimum being if he goes 3-2, and two, you're going to fire him. Yes. But the outlook of the season – and what he is as a coach, yeah, I think it's fair to say if you go if you finish this season six and six or seven and five, with the way you started and the way this season ends, with all these teams that are so beatable, um, and you only win three of them or two of them, yeah, you are right with it. You are well within your rights as a fan to think this guy ain't it, because he's he at the, if that's to, if that were to happen, he would he would be giving you proof that he's not it. Either you lose at home to Florida which is just you shouldn't lose at home to that team that's playing like that right now and will probably have five or six losses when they get there. Or you're going to lose on the road to that Miami team that Mark aptly pointed out lost to Middle Tennessee and Duke. I mean, come on, man. And uh, Come on. Like, what are we doing here? Win four of these games. The Syracuse game, I got it. It's a tough game. And we'll all be, if they lose that game, we'll all be mad and we'll point just like we did the NC State game. The three losses he has right now are excusable. Of the five games left, there's only one that's excusable. All the other ones would be uh, nightmare scenarios. 
in my opinion, and would be it would completely change the perception of who he is as a coach. Now, that does not mean he can't go and change our perceptions back next year. Brian Kelly did it at Notre Dame, but there aren't many examples. That, like, I might have just run out of them. Coaches that dip real low, are about to get fired, are on the hot seat, and then turn it around and have a really great finish and go get a better job. I, that doesn't happen a lot. Usually when it starts trending downwards, like right now it's trending upward. We can all agree on that, right? Or at least maybe you can say it's plateaued yeah. after three, but I think we all yeah. think it's trending upward. Yes. If they finish seven and five after starting four and oh, well, you've hit a peak and you're starting to go back down. That's at least how it looks on the graph. And that's hard to sell and it's hard for Florida State fans to get behind. So uh yeah, man. Go you need to go you need to go four and one. The more I look at this schedule, the more you think about how bad that Miami team is with a backup quarterback. Uh the Florida team can't stop anyone. Uh, you have a bunch of experience. You are not the youngest team in the country anymore. You've hit the portal well. There is no reason you're not winning these games. None. You're on a roll. I don't have anything to add to that. Let's keep it moving. Okay, all right. Roll them out there, Roy. Wake up. Longtime so YouTube funny. lurker, originally from a small town in North Carolina that claims old roll them out there, Roy himself, as their own. Thanks to uh, Jeff Roy Cameron's show for that a, nickname. Yeah, reference to Roy Williams. Yeah. The, the, by the way, three-time national champion Roy Williams, but yeah. that's fine. I found Wake Up Warchan around the time of and have been listening almost every day since Jimbo's departure was happening. Ooh. LOL, that doesn't hurt so bad right now, does it? No. Yeah, yeah it doesn't. Yeah. Still a little bit, though. A little bit. Started with the Jimbo question, but no more of him. You guys mentioned walk-ons had numbers on during the bye week, I think. Who's your favorite walk-on this year and of all time? You guys are the best. Ooh. Well, Andre Wadsworth is the best walk-on of all time. Yeah. He ended up being the number three pick in the draft. So he's a good one. You were always um, a Jared like, Jackson uh, guy, weren't you? You were always a Jared Jackson guy, Monticello, right? No, no. I couldn't believe that he was running post patterns instead of Tamari and Terry. Um, I, and I would say, not that I have anything against the kid. He, he did play hard. It's just that was ridiculous by Jimbo. Um, who Josh was the, Gary's? Uh, you were a big Josh Gary's guy, right? Out of Lincoln? No, he wasn't a walk-on. Is that scholarship? Yeah, yeah, buddy. No. Hey, come on. Really? Come on, yeah. Good for him. All yeah. right. Come on now. Well, why'd you think time. he was a walk-on, Aslan? Answer me that. <laughs> what what led you that to that conclusion? No, he was a Lincoln kid that averaged like 30 yards of catches last year with uh, B.J. Daniels. <laughs> the kid, the DB, J.B. and Elliott. Oh, Remember yeah. Him? Crushed it. That's the answer. He actually played in the league. Yeah. With the Bucks. That's and a really good story. That's one of the, he was working as like a footlocker in Tallahassee and then decided to go back out and, uh, Ended up, you know, starting and making a lot of plays and playing in the league. So he's a good one. Uh, I don't know about this year. Do you have one for this year? C.J. Campbell. Everyone loves C.J. Campbell. Well, he's on a he's he tore his ace. He's out for the year. He's bad. No, he's, he's out there. He's out there, man. He's out of the oh, practice. Oh, all right. Man. Okay, good. C.J. Nice. Nor- Norville talked about him on Tuesday about how he's like a fan favorite, like a, a locker room oh. favorite. Everybody likes uh, C.J. So uh, I will say C.J. Campbell. Uh, I think Vance Nicholas keeping the lineage, the Golden Bear around here. Shout out to him. He's like, he's like mm. a Johnny Wilson clone almost. Uh, so like him too. Um, William remember. Floyd's kid, yeah, is walk on on the team. Yeah. Jaden Floyd, I think. Yeah, yeah, lots to so, like. Uh, there's a lot, a lot to like. There's a, and I, I found this out looking at the baseball roster. I don't know if he's a walk on. I mean, at baseball, it's hard to tell because none of them get full scholarships. But Marshall McDougal's kid is on the on the baseball team this yeah. year. So how about that? Mason, I think his name, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Mason. 
Well, hey, he's probably going to be referred to as Marshall McDougall's kid for a while. That's, at least around I mean, I, here. I hate it for you, Mason, but that's how life is. Ask Brady Clark how it is. Maybe you guys can start a support group together. Exactly right. Exactly right. You know sports. You know how to pick winners. You do it all the time. So why not get paid for them at MyBookie? MyBookie's got the biggest online selection of odds and contests for all your sports betting needs anytime, anywhere. Bet on the NFL, NBA, or the World Series, which is going to be played, I think, Friday. Oh, I was going to say, it's been a – they're taking like a week off. Only Major League Baseball would do that. They're going to take a week off – uh, between the end of the, the and I know they don't know that those games are one was a sweep and one was uh, I think five games, but like adjust, yeah. Like what 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 was I watching? What was I watching on Wednesday night? Aslan, a big fat load of nothing. Same on Tuesday night. That should be the World Series instead. Yeah. They're gonna start um, right going right into a, a college football. Good stuff. There's also money bag. Moneybag is one of a kind opportunity to spin for crazy odds on props and futures. Place a bet, spin the wheel, and get ready to score epic odds on the best teams, athletes, and events. Sign up free today over at mybookie.ag using the promo code WARCHANT, and your first deposit will be matched dollar for dollar instantly on any amount, up to $1,000, that is. Again, the promo code is WARCHANT, and if you do your deposit between now and Halloween, you'll also grab 31 free spins in the MyBookie Casino. Florida State, still a 24-point favorite over Georgia Tech, the over-under 47-and-a-half. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. Growing up, my dad used to take me to the game at the stadium. We'd watch our favorite team play, and then we'd always eat at Zaxby's. That's why it means so much to me that Zaxby's is the official chicken of college fans. To me, they go together perfectly. It reminds me of my dad and... Oh, come on, Rep! Are you serious? Get some glasses! Terrible call! Now, I take my kids to the game, and we always eat at Zaxby's, too. It's tradition. We're proud to be the official chicken of college fans. Zaxby's, indescribably good. And don't forget to listen in for the Zaxby's indescribably good player of the week every Monday on Wake Up War Chant. Winkles. Winkles is uh, their name here, Corey. Okay, nice. Tater tots or french fries? Well, I don't eat potatoes, Winkles. Uh, um, so the only french fries I'll eat are skinny ones like McDonald's. Um Sorry, Zaxby's. I can't do those Crinkles fries. Crinkles are great. I love their crinkles. No, can't do it. I can't do it. They're too potatoey. Okay. Um, and then, so I, I've never eaten a tater tot. Gross. Oof. So, wrong person to ask. But, yeah, Aslan, you answer that one. Uh, it really depends on the meal. Uh, like a hamburger, I want French fries. But other things, I'll kind of spring for tots. Do love me mm -hmm. some tater tots, though. Uh, I'm a big hash brown guy, like the, the McDonald's hash brown, like the patty hash brown, which is kind of like a tater tot, just flattened out. I was going to say, aren't tater tots just like kind of rolled up? Pieces of hash brown? Basically. Yeah. Well yeah, said. Well said. I know it may be early yet, but what team would your dream bowl matchup be for FSU this year? Question mark. Gator Bowl? Question mark. Well, going to Jacksonville would not be my dream uh, bowl I would matchup. love the Gator Bowl. Quit quit hating on Jacksonville. <laughs> We've already been there, Corey. We conquered it once, man. It's That's not... true. That's true. Um, and then, yeah, for a team, I don't know, man. Uh, Give me Ole Miss. Again, Ole Miss and Tampa. Or I'll take Utah. I'll take any of those. Uh, I'll take, like, UCLA in the Holiday Bowl. That'd be awesome. Yeah, man, I'll, I'm going to spring at the Holiday Bowl. I'm going to go to San Diego. I've never been to San Diego. I heard it's it's Tampa's sister city, if I'm not mistaken. I'd love to feel it out and see how it is. No, offense to, my Tampa, no offense to Tampa and my Tampa listeners because we love you and we love the city, but San Diego ain't Tampa. 
Come on now. When was the San last Diego time might San be San Diego? The, I've been there. I've been there twice, okay. but both times for the uh, Florida State out there in the playoff or in the oh. national championship game. Now you're Newport um, Beach. That doesn't count. No, and then I stayed. Uh, I stayed two. I stayed a night each trip in San Diego, and uh, just I mean, you, you understand, Why? man. The weather, the the, oh. the weather, the um, flying in, flying out. Okay. I flew into San Diego both times. I think. Uh, but yeah, man, the weather's great. The downtown area is cool. It's walkable. Um, you you know, it's just. It is, I think they've had one rainout in a Padres game in the last two decades. I guess Tampa hasn't had any rainouts either, have they? Uh-huh. Shut so, up, Trump. Never mind. <laughs> never Shout mind. out to Trump. Uh, Mahogany Strat. I'm still in the let's get to eight wins camp, but I'll feel a whole lot better about three and two than I would two and three. Feel like they should have been six and six last year, and this team is appreciably improved. So six and six yeah. would be a disappointment. I think the schedule isn't that much more difficult than last year's as well. If you have asked me when I was a kid getting into it, which is early to mid-2000s, I would have said that the Florida game is more important. But now I think it's Miami. I have real hate for them and their fans. I might need to work on that. Also, the Miami game was essentially the last draw for Willie. Has a Florida game ever cost any coach, head, or assistant their job? Oh, good point. No. Mudra? Well, Bo- Bowden. If Bobby Bowden had won the 2009 game, somehow, <laughs> I mean, I don't know, just in a pure act of God, um, they, they would have beaten that 2009 Florida team. Then, yeah, he would have been able to coach in 2010. Yeah. But they lost by a lot. And then he was out uh, a couple days later. So, so I'd say to... that. I'd say, I'd say that game, right? So, wait, when they played 2006, when Michael Ray Garvin, that fourth quarter t- kickoff yeah. return... They Almost got count. busted. Yeah. Yeah. Jeff wasn't the OC any longer, right? Correct. Okay. Or no, no. He was because he coached in the Emerald Bowl. That was his last. He said he was going to step down at the end of the year. Oh, okay. So we got rid of him after the weight game, but he finished out the streak. Yeah, he finished out the season. Yeah, because I remember specifically them showing him a lot yes, uh, during right, the Emerald right. Bowl. Yeah. Well, I was saying, maybe if they would have won the Florida game, maybe Jeff would have been able to keep his job there. But otherwise... Well said, Mahogany Strat. I can't yeah. think of anything off the uh, top of my head. Well, they um, haven't had a lot of coaching changes at this school. That's true. Well, we'll see. Well, tune in, everybody. We'll see how the Florida yeah. game goes on Black yeah, Friday, everybody. Exactly we'll right. see how Black Friday it is. Uh, these are two requests for uh, research projects. I guess you and I, Corey, we can uh, maybe figure out a way to divvy this up at some point. Uh, Seminole Carroll is very curious about red zones, uh, touchdown, field goal conversions over the seven game, wants a breakdown of the percentage. Uh, during the wins versus the last three losses, as well as defensively, the stops they've had in the red zone in the four wins versus uh, the three losses. Okay. And then our guy, Tennis Ump, shout out Birmingham stand-up. Uh, Phil's got a real solid shot at 4-1. and one. He hates Miami more than Florida because he grew up in South Florida. Mm. Um, can you guys do a story about the number of games that our true freshmen have played and where they stand as far as keeping their red shirts? So there we go. We've... We have heard from you. We will bring those up in our content meetings, and we'll see what happens. Okay. We appreciate it, guys. Thanks. Nolboy02, hey, PR agent, and Corey, wake up. I don't know. I'm his PR agent, but apparently I am. I'd like to start by confirming for Corey that I am not a student at Florida. I would also like to confirm to Aslan that that was me, indeed, on television against Clemson, as multiple uh, people have told me they've saw me on that telecast. Mm, Nice. All right. And now my question is Halloween season, everyone. I would like to ask, who is the scariest player in FSU history? A lot of viable candidates. I personally would go Greg Jones. 
He's a tank. I can only imagine a defensive back being in his headlights. Just ask Dexter Reed. Thanks for answering no, my no. question. Support the players, merchandise, sponsors, War Chant, YouTube accounts. And lastly, the Florida State Seminoles. Let's finish strong and run the state. Amen. And also the, uh, um, you know, the, the well-documented fight he had with Darnell Dockett, mm. where Darnell Dockett did not end up winning that. Um, I think when you, when you talk to players about tough dudes, and that's the name that comes up almost immediately, and it's not, look, there's a lot of guys, hey, I can attest to this, I've got a great build now, Aslan. Yeah, right. There's a lot of guys that have a great build but aren't necessarily the toughest dudes in the world. Greg Jones was both. Like, he looked like he was chiseled out of rock, but then he also was a, a very, very tough individual. So I, 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 that's always my first choice is Greg Jones. But scary implies, like, you wouldn't want to meet him in a back alley. As far as I know, Greg Jones is a really nice dude. Yeah, that's awesome. Scar yeah. He's not a criminal, but when you, when you cross him, that's when you'd see – or you try to tackle him, I guess. You would see the scary Greg Jones. Um, so, yeah, I, I – so toughest, I think, I, if we change the adjective to toughest, um, I would say, I would definitely say Greg Jones. Scariest, look, well, man. It's, it's, a, it's a flattering connotation. It's a spooky season. Like, it elicits fear, like in a good yeah. way. You know, okay. that's what about. Yeah, there scary. you go. Yeah, we're not talking yeah. about. Uh, Ernie Sims is up there. Like, imagine being chased by Ernie Sims. Like, imagine having a 30-yard head start, and then he's chasing you. Just the sheer horror as you heard those steps getting closer to you. Like, Ernie's scary to me. Um, I, you know, Dockett to me, like, I wouldn't want to have to, like, block Dockett. Like, I know Greg's, I mean, Greg Greg Jones is related to Joe Frazier, so he's got, you know, he's got some, yeah. he's got some magic in his fists. Um, but, yeah, Doc was a tough dude. I'm Someone else is escaping my mind here. Um, that just Well, there's a million of me. them. Um, Emmett Rice always scared me. I, I always think there's something in Emmett Rice underneath it all, man. I think Emmett Rice would just, like, go for my throat. Scares me. Always was on Janikowski. Edge. Okay. I like Jano. He's a little odd, a little off. Um, I've heard some stories. So, yeah, there's, there's a lot of them out there. A lot of them. All right. Moving but, on. again, scary is in, you know, tough, yeah. big. I mean, they're tough, big yeah, football we're players. Not, no they, one's and we're not. Yeah. So they scare all of us. They, they, they all scare us. Ernie Sims, very gently, nice dude speaking in front of the microphone. But you put pads on, strap on a helmet. Guys got to go to different places. Mm. I don't want to be in those places. Right. It would scare me. Good human beings, though. They're Knowles. Colorado Knoll. Oh, a.k.a. Jeff Mares. Jeff, longtime YouTube guy. One of you know, these, oh, I've been around since day one. Man, I think Jeff has quite literally been listening to the pod since 18. Uh, okay, man. Stand nice. up. Welcome. Wake up, Corey and Aslan. How many of the next five games would Fabian Lovett have to miss in order to decide to not enter the NFL draft after the season? Or do you believe he's going no matter how many games he plays? I mean, he's played. He's he's got enough film from the last few years that uh, look. I uh, I think a lot of it can come down to like what he's told. Like if the if the NFL didn't see enough this year because he didn't play enough, um, and he's told he's a fourth round pick. Well, again, you got to do the math in your head. Like, okay, what do I get as a fourth-round pick? Number one, you're not guaranteed to make the team. Um, the guarantee is probably a couple hundred for a fourth-round pick. Like, guaranteed money, you cash that check. Yeah. But what would be his guarantee if he came back to Florida State? I don't know what the going rate is on a fifth-year senior defensive tackle in the NIL world, but somebody of his caliber I would think would be pretty strong. So that's what he has to weigh. I would think – you know, honestly, it's been five years since he stepped foot in college. I would think it's he's 
and he plays that position. It's a pretty grueling position. And he's also seen an injury up close and what it can do to him. And so I would think he'd think, I need to go now. I need to go try to make my money now and get my professional career started. So I don't, I don't know that I, there's a number I would say that I would think he would come back. Not that, not that I'm guaranteeing that he's not coming back. It's just what is the difference between playing four games and two games when it comes to what he's, what he's put on film, at, what his resume is after of the last uh, three years here at Florida State? I will say I thought he was gone after last year just because you know, he's also a father but he kind of had the long-range outlook to come back. So to your point, if there's NIL on the table that's comparable, maybe we bet on ourselves to a certain degree and we go for it. But maybe you've just you've invested so much into this is going to be my last season. Um, I, again, I think after we spoke to Mike Norvell on Wednesday, he said that it'll be a game-time decision. He doesn't want to put – he doesn't want to force Fabian to play into a game. He doesn't feel right, and they want to see how his body's going to feel here the next day or so. Um, I mean, by all means, I hope he plays all the games he can. But, man, if he ends up, like, only getting 20 reps against Georgia Tech and maybe doesn't feel all that good and misses the Miami game and uh, maybe misses Syracuse and just comes back and plays against Louisiana, Florida, in the bowl game, like, he, he can still probably do enough stuff in those games to go ahead and put what he needs to put on yeah, tape probably. if he feels he needs to. Yep. So I mean, he, he's like, if he has a great game against Florida – yeah. That might be all he needs. That probably would be all he needs. He has a great game against LSU, shows that has that on film, and then has a great game against Florida to end the year. I think he's he's set for it's not like he can play himself into a first round pick in the next five weeks. That's not happening. So he's got to be content with probably being a second or third day pick. And then um, you know, at that point, what what do you have to lose by going pro? Like you know if you know you're not gonna be a first round pick, then go ahead and start getting paid. Like real, like, you know, NFL contract money. Yeah. Uh, I meant to bundle this one earlier with our bowl talk. It's armchair Osceola. Wake up. Uh, in regards to the pinstripe bowl, trust me, we do not want to be playing in New York City on December 28th. It'll be cold. It's expensive. Yankee Stadium yep. is an odd place to watch a college football event. And all your war chant faithful will be back down south celebrating the holidays with their family. I didn't even think Agreed. about that. That's a good point. Agreed, 100%. San Diego Holiday Bowl, much better option. We need to go 5-0 and over the remainder of the year. Might as well book the hotel right now. Thanks for all mm. you do to keep us informed and entertained. Speaking of the pinstripe bowl, let's go to New York City. and Let's go to NYC Knoll. Uh, wake up, gents. It's Georgia Tech Week. Great job at each and every day. Uh, makes my return to the office almost bearable. Aha, you couldn't do the work from home thing any longer, huh? They finally got to you, NYC Knoll. They mm. finally got to you. All right, these last five games, I'm looking for 5-0. and 4-1, oh. and one, absolute bare minimum. Anything less, my confidence and support becomes shaky of this staff. Now, what I don't want to see is the offense scoring a touchdown on the opening drive then doing absolutely, I'm emphasizing what he puts in all caps, nothing for the next 35 minutes. Also, not wanting to see us lose the coin toss, which leads to any opponent yeah. taking the second half opening drive for a touchdown without any resistance from a listless defense. So I ask, what do you not want to see? Aslan, you go first, he says. I want to kind of punt to Corey what I, what I don't want to see. Man, I don't want to see uh, that opening drive stuff's a little bit shaky. How, I, just, I don't want to see um, fourth down play calls that just lack a, a certain flair and an urgency to get it done. Um, I, I, just, I, I don't want to see us going for fourth down. I want to see some field goals. Uh, in okay. situations. Wow. What a thing to say. I, I like know, it. It's crazy. Uh, 
I'm not saying like fourth and two from the, you know, fourth and goal from the three-yard line. Sure, go for it. But like fourth and four from the 16, oh, let's trot the guy out, man. Let's, we mm. got to figure this out. We got to – there's too much limbo for too long. What don't you want to see, Corey? I don't want to see a bunch that. of 11 play drives from Georgia Tech. Oh, okay. That's I, I get off the field defense, get off the effing field. I'm t- I don't want to see another half where your offense has four or five possessions. I don't want to see another game where you have nine possessions on offense because your defense cannot get off the field and vice versa. Your offense uh, will have a couple three and outs right there in the middle of a run from the other team like this. I think this offense is good enough that if you give them the normal amount of possessions in a game, which I don't know what the average is in college football, I'd guess 12, 13, at least for these high-tempo, up-tempo teams, instead of nine real possessions, they would score, you know, that's probably 10 extra points. But you got to get off the field and quit giving up so many third downs and quit giving up so many long drives. There you go. Also, sorry. Also, I don't want to see one quarter of play where Jordan Travis doesn't keep the ball on a a read option. There you go. Well said, Aslan. I'm with you, buddy. I'm with you. I want him to run for 80 yards in this game. We need a ratio. Braden Knoll, wake up. How's it going, fellas? Just wanted to say, go Knowles, and I love the show. Been watching since the beginning. I'm going to the Georgia Tech game. Hope to see all the war chant Knowles at the game, but gosh, hotel prices and tally are crazy. Someone should have warned me. Let's go, Knowles. Well, you, well you now you know. Listening. Next year. You haven't yeah. listened, Braden. We've been warning everybody for since the beginning of time. Yeah. Next year, uh, book really early. I would say, I wonder if you can do this. Could you just book every, like if you have a hotel in uh, maybe Indigo, but if you have a hotel in the city that you like, could you book right now for like every Friday and Saturday in October? That's a good question. That could be a life hack. I wonder if they don't let you. And then you just cancel it if uh, if they don't play a game that weekend. Yeah. I should ask Shane that. Shane comes in for every home game. I should ask him that if he's there on Friday. There you go. Uh, Samari Knoll. There you go. We don't talk about Samari Roll enough on this show. Hmm, Let's see if we can get him right. on the pod one day. Fellas, could you discuss the season-long impact that a lack of depth has even when you have a talented 22? Injuries we know are a factor. However, I wonder the impact of the overall fatigue that sets in when you have to play with all-out effort, every play to match some team's greater overall talent level. That's deep. It is deep. And I, I thought he was going to go the route of what it means for practice. Um, yeah. Because when you don't have a lot of depth, it hurts practice reps too. Yeah. You know, if, if you had better, in my opinion, if you had better, um, well, if Fabian had been around, and, and then you're going up against Fabian every day in practice, well, that helps you. But then also at the end of practice, maybe you're not going up against Fabian, but you're going up against Malcolm Ray, who is a fresher because he's not having to take every practice rep. Well, that helps you. That helps him. Like all that going up against better players, fresher players, healthier players, it makes everybody better. And you don't get that when you don't have uh, great depth or, or the depth that you do have is banged up. So I, I really do think it can hurt uh, practice as well as what it does for you in the games, which is obviously not beneficial. Funny that he asks that. I was kind of wondering about that or I thought about it before I even saw the question during Wednesday's practice because they were out there with, you know, I know we can't talk about depth charts, but come on, it's it's week eight or whatever. We all know who's yeah, where. Yeah, still don't, don't do it. Don't do it. What? What are you going to say? I want to hear what you're going to say. All right, you'll tell me to delete it or not. But yeah, just there sure. was a moment where they were running um, like 11 on 11. I think it was against Scout, though. But their receivers were Kentron out wide, 
Deuce out wide, and then Ja'Kai Douglas in the slot. And Ja'Kai had a really good practice on Wednesday too, man. Made some really nice explosive catches. And I'm like, man, that that's a really that's that's those are good college receivers to me. Like Kentron, dude, I'm telling you, I'm late on it. Corey, you were there first. You put him on your top forty. Nobody else did. Man, Kentron might, and I'm probably gonna jinx the poor kid. He might have the best hands on the team. Yeah, and he's, he's coming ca- along. He's coming he's along. He's catching everything that's coming his way. Jakai is a real tough, sneaky matchup coming out of the slot. And Deuce, man, Deuce, when he's focused and he's and his hands don't betray him, man, he is he's a problem to deal with. And you're like, all right, man, they're rolling those guys out, but their first options are, you know, Micah Pittman, Johnny Wilson, and Pokey. So yeah. like they've they've got some depth at some positions of importance, man, and you're you're kind of seeing it there. And it again, man, against Clemson, they they did like a jailbreak personnel change to bring Ja'Kai Douglas and Kentron on for like that touchdown that ends up going to Ja'Kai. Um, so they've carved out certain plays for certain personnel. Um, maybe they're not where they need to be. Maybe we'll sit here and we'll laugh in five years when they're winning national titles and be like, hey, they used to have to rely on this guy, this guy, and this guy to back up their uh, number one dudes. Maybe we'll be there, but I think right now they're 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 I, much I think they along. got depth at that position. I think they're fine there, even with the loss of uh, Darian Williamson. I, I think they're fine at uh, – and Winston Wright, whose status is still unknown. But yeah. um, other positions, mainly Def- defensive defense. line. Yeah, man, the defense. That's and why linebacker. You have no yes. depth at linebacker. Yeah. None. None. It's, it's tough to assess Adam Fuller. I mean, part of that's your fault, too. You should be able to get people in here, but you kind of coaching with what you have. And I don't know – I don't know how much better Dan Lanning would be coaching these guys up or whoever's the right. whoever's a hot rise and Pete Golding. Yeah, and like I said, going back to that discussion for 10 seconds, I think when you're evaluating what Fuller, what you can do with this program moving forward and if Fuller is the right fit, can he get you players? Yeah. Are players around the country, the five stars, are they going to come play? Do they want to come play for Adam Fuller? That's what you have to ask yourself. And I'm not saying they don't. You know, they've got, you know, uh, I mean, Travis Hunter was committed. Uh, Thomas came, McCall came. I mean, they've gotten some big time talent um, since Adam Fuller's been here. So there's no there's no proof necessarily that he's not attracting these these guys. But that's what Mike Morbell has to figure out moving forward. Is am I do I have the best people available to draw interest from the best recruits in the country? We can't be a portal team for the rest of my life, for the rest of my career. I'm talking as Mike Norbell now. You have to start building four and five star prospects on that defense. And is Adam Fuller the guy that elicits that kind of response from recruits and their coaches and their uh, families? I don't know. Uh, but you've got to get better players. You've got – that's number one. There's a million guys out there that know how to coach defense. You get good players, man, it becomes a lot easier. So that's that's the next step. Is figuring that out. Is Adam Fuller the guy? And we'll find out, I guess, with this recruiting cycle and what they do in the portal. Because he's certainly done well in the portal. Guys will come play for Adam Fuller. Last one, uh, kind of. Let's. Uh, we got one last question, but then our guy uh, from Bardstown. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, all right. So first off, he says uh, D- Duke's Mayo Bowls December thirtieth at noon. Looks like we also played Duke in basketball one p.m. December thirty first. So oh, that, that could would be work cool. Out. Yeah, that'd be that cool. Could be a cool thing. So. Um. All right. Here's his his humor. The date was Tuesday. I haven't read this beforehand. I just saw his name. I'm like, we'll get to this. I want to see how you're. Um. Um. How animated you are in your voice, though. Like, if you read it like a 
Um, like you're into it or you read it like you're not into it. I think you need to give them, give them your best right here. No, we got stuff to do, Corey. We got places to be. We're a tight schedule. You got to be a father. I got to be a human being. I know. I know. That's true. The date was Tuesday, September 15th, 1998. The class is seated waiting for James No A Bray, as in no one gets an A. Of course, I got an A. To begin argumentation, he steps up to the podium and says, what do Bill Clinton and Bobby Bowden have in common? He waits. No answer. Professor Bray says, neither one can keep their winky under control. I'll let Corey guess which game was played the preceding Saturday. Yeah, that would have been the uh, the uh, NC State game, I'm, I'm guessing, where Winky threw six interceptions, and they lost. And then he didn't throw another interception the rest of the year. Shout out Bardstown, Kentucky, stand up. <laughs> That was a, that's a good little – I mean, it's 25 years old. It's a little dated. Yeah. Um, but that's a, that's, a good, that's a pretty good joke for a professor. Yeah, it's good. It's good. good. All right, it's our guy Daryl. We haven't heard from him in a long time. Thomasville, North Carolina. Captain D underscore 63. Good afternoon, guys. Good afternoon, Gator Kirk, all my friends in the Seminole Nation. Uh, it's been a rough month with hurricanes up here in North Carolina, but all is well and God is good. Glad to hear, Daryl. Good. Good, man. Question. I know we don't like to compare, but Tennessee has taken off. They're ranked top five. They're doing really well. Florida State. Uh, having about the same amount of time and having two coaches coming from the same conference, I believe. Coach Norvell's taking a little bit longer to get Florida State to where Tennessee is. I was wondering, what's the difference? Florida State's just as good of a school as Tennessee, maybe better. Yeah. We are. Three national titles. FSU plays anyone, anywhere, and beats, uh, except here lately. <laughs> Too short. Right. FSU's a brand name, so what gives in your opinion? I mean, look, it's a it's a fair question. The grass is greener in Knoxville right now. Um, that guy uh, apparently is a again. I'm not being facetious. He's a he's an offensive savant. It's ridiculous what he's doing in that conference with a team that wasn't very good a couple years ago. Um, you know, they got players. You know, remember now, um, Jeremy Pruitt got basically fired for giving recruits bags of cash and McDonald's bags. Um, so they did a little maybe different kind of recruiting at Tennessee to load that roster up. I those, think they have better yeah, I think they have players better players. Aren't ready right now. Uh, those those are younger guys. Those aren't like that Wouldn't wasn't be, I mean, ago. I thought they were that was three years ago, right? That Pruitt was doing that? I thought it was during COVID. Um yeah, I guess yeah. So so either way, I mean I look, they got better players, number one, but also, yeah, you were Awesome you were quarterback, a, by the way. A good quarterback. Uh he was not awesome at Virginia Tech, but he's Josh Heupel's turned him into awesome. And they've got really good receivers. Now, there's no reason you can't get those guys either. And I'm not I'm not one of those people that's like, ah, quit thinking about what what's happening on that side of the fence. Just concentrate on your yard. No, man. If the person on the other side of the fence has a yard that looks like a, the 16th Augusta, you're going to be like, man, why can't I get my yard to look like that? So I, I understand that. Um, we just don't know, number one, how Tennessee finishes out. And also, like, maybe they finish with three losses and Florida State finishes with four. And it's just the way this season has come. But right now, absolutely, Heupel is doing a better job than Mike Norvell. There's no way to argue it. And if it continues for another year and a half or two years, you will sit there and say, Josh Heupel is a better coach than Mike Norvell. Because there are no, I mean, SEC gets more money. Tennessee has more money. We get it. Maybe they have more money for NIL. But there are no... There's no rational reason that Tennessee would have better recruiting classes and better um, teams than Florida State. They don't have more history. They don't have more tradition. They don't recruit in the same fertile ground that Florida State gets to. 
So yeah, man, there's no excuse if this continues to be behind Tennessee. But you are right now. And maybe Heupel's just a better coach. Maybe you don't have the... You, it, it would appear maybe you don't have the best coach in the country. Uh, but it, like Lincoln Riley, the reason USC is doing so much really well in their first year, Lincoln Riley's an awesome coach. You don't have that guy. If Lincoln Riley was here, I think Florida State would be 6-1. and one. But he's not here. You couldn't afford him. He cost too much money. I'm not saying Mike Norvell is bargain bin. You're getting off cheap. I'm saying you, we've got to see. His name doesn't resonate across the country with the Caleb Williams and, jo- and uh, Jordan Addison's of the world like Lincoln Riley's does. So, you know, you look around, and, and yes, there are teams that are having better seasons. There are teams right now that you can absolutely say they have a better head coach than you. That does not mean in 2025 those teams will be in a better place than Florida State. It just doesn't. It's a slow build. It's a slow build. It's like the wire. Guys, if you would have watched The Wire in the first two seasons, like halfway through season two, you're like, what am I doing with my life? What's going on? Where's McNulty? Where's Bunk? What, who are the, who's the Greek guy? He wasn't in the first season at all. And then all of a sudden by season four, you're invested in these schools. And then um, my man Marlowe comes along, and it's the best show that's ever been on TV. Maybe Mike Norvell is like the David Simon of college. He is just, this is a slow build into... Glory. It's a slow build into one of the best teams of all time. It's just taking them a little more time than it did Hypel. But again, ask me again after Thanksgiving, Daryl. I had to throw one of those in there for nice, the show, as long. Nice, nice. Uh, Tennessee has the number one total offense, 571 yards a game, number one scoring offense, 50 yeah. points per game. That's crazy, right? That That's the story, right? <laughs> I don't know that you can say that he's better at this, he's better at that. He is an offensive savant that has turned that thing into like mid-80s BYU in the SEC. It's nuts. Their defense tied for 50th in scoring. They're allowing 23 points. Doesn't One, matter, does it? What 103rd in total defense. Does uh, not matter. Allowing 420 yards. So that's kind of my defense of Adam Fuller. I know, he, again, man, if, if this team was scoring at a better clip, it would not nearly be as big of a well. I would thing. say I, I, I'm I'm thinking the the Tennessee opponents have probably three or four more possessions a game than Adam okay. Fuller does. Adam Fuller's opponents do because they go. I mean, they are lightning. They go up and down the field. The SEC has been slow to react to this Tennessee offense. It is a juggernaut. That quarterback is playing out of his mind. He might win the Heisman. I mean, but all that, that credit to Heupel, man. He's yeah. he might just be better than Mike Norvell. That's, that, that is a distinct possibility. Certainly seems to be through halfway of 2022. Also, the three recruiting classes before they took their job. Uh, 2018, Flor- uh, Tennessee was ranked 20th in recruiting. Tw- in 2019, they were ranked 13th. In 2020, they were ranked 8th. Yeah. Florida State in 2018 was 10th. 2019, they were 17th. 2020, they were 20th. Yeah. yeah. So. And then they got a Heisman Trophy quarterback to transfer in. Hey, man, we did it, and it was under an hour and 15 minutes. I'm proud of you, Corey. I like that, man. Well I feel good about Sincere, it. Sincere, thoughtful answers, and uh, everybody got to their questions, and uh, we got done in time. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll be back live tonight, 6 o'clock, right, Corey? Yep, let's do it. Let's do it. And then happy hour, 5.30, 6.30 Friday, pregame show, Indigo, 10 a.m. Come hang out. All that, Warchant.com. In the meantime, Warchant Report. Everything you want to know about the game over at Warchant.com. For Corey, I'm Aslan. Thank you for listening to Wake Up Warchant, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill.